ladies, if you have your Bible with you, please turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to be looking at verses 3, uh, an overview of verses 3 through 6 this morning. And when you have it, please say amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. The scripture says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ. Verse 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. Verse 5, he predestined us to adoptions as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intentions of his will. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace which he freely bestows on us in the beloved. And this morning, very briefly, we're going to look at four expressions of the Father's love for us to help us understand who he says we are. Our identity is comes from who he says we are. And the first thing we're going to look at is that the Father has blessed us for his glory. That's who you are. The Father has chosen you for himself. That's who we are. The Father has adopted us in his great pleasure. That's who we are. The Father celebrates you. Come on, listen. The Father celebrates you in his love through his Son. That's who we are. However, ladies, however, ladies, if I can be completely honest, we know what the Bible says. We believe what the Bible says. And even if we don't believe it, the Bible is true. However, there are real days, real seasons that we go through as women of God. And the Bible tells us clearly that God is our father. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2 Paul tells the Ephesians, grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ and our Father. So God indeed is our Father, but if I'm honest, there are days that it's hard for me to grasp and hold on to that truth. There's three reasons, I believe, it's hard for me to grasp that truth. That God indeed is my father. I am his child. That's who he's called me to be. When the world around me is saying that if you're not smart enough, if you're not thin enough, <laughs> if you're not married, something must be wrong with you. If you don't have children, Something must be wrong with you. But the reality of it is, is all of these blessings, whether you are educated, whether you are skinny or healthy, <laughs> whether you are a mother, it does not define who the inner core of you really is, ladies. All of those things are temporary blessings from the Lord. 
But there's one thing, one thing that when you die, when I die, leaves with us. And that is who I am in Jesus Christ. That is our identity. Reclaiming our identity is reclaiming who Christ has made us to be by the glory and grace of the Lord. But there's three reasons I believe we may struggle with this. The first one is ignorance. We're ignorant of what the Bible says. We're ignorant on the way of how God has declared his love for us and the way he loves us and the purpose by which he loves us. James chapter 1 verse 4 helps us to understand that don't think it or consider it a strange thing, brother and sister, when you go through various trials, knowing that it is for the testing of your faith and that faith is producing something. God is loving us for the purpose of producing something in us, y'all. The, the, the next reason sometimes we doubt it is because of selfishness. If God loves me, he will give me what I want when I want it. If God doesn't love me, that means he won't give me what I want because he doesn't love me. That's selfishness. That's, that's self-centeredness that we also have. And we question God's love and how he de- deals with us in different trials. But we are indeed encouraged in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, that God's love never changes despite your circumstances. Never changes, y'all. And then I believe the third thing is lack of faith. We know what the scripture says. We believe what the scripture says. And yet it's hard to believe God's love for us because he allows particular trials we're going through. Or it's certain sins that we have committed and we just can't forgive ourselves when the Bible never calls us to forgive ourselves. We've sinned against a holy God. He's the one who has forgiven us in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we believe the truth, but, but we're in captivity in our mind. And we can't break free because we have forgotten what 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, that no temptation has overtaken us that is not common to men. But God is Faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but with the temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to endure it, y'all. So again, I have to preach to myself, y'all, because the devil is real. John 8, he's a, he's a liar from the beginning, and he used to be my daddy. So he knows how to, to talk to me in the flesh. So the devil is real, and the world is real. Everyone in the world is telling you, uh, even if you have an XY, an XX, they are confusing if you are a girl or a boy. But in Genesis chapter 1, the Lord said who we are. But you got all these things coming at us, and we got, the, again, we know what the Bible says about even the identity of homosexuality, but this is how the enemy is crafty, is that we know what the Bible says about it, but then what he does, and the Lord allows, because he's testing our faith, is that he'll allow a child of ours or someone close to us to be confused about their gender identity to try to tempt you to compromise. 
So we have all these, these voices and all of these temptations around us. And we have to remind ourselves who we are in Christ Jesus. And the best way to do it is in this verse here, this passage here, Paul encourages himself. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul is in prison, y'all. Okay? And so the Holy Spirit comes upon Paul and, and tells Paul to write this letter to the Ephesians brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, in verse 3, in verse 3, Paul could have said, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, but he does not. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. And the reason why I believe he started this particular section with the word blessed is that the, the Apostle Paul wants us to stop for a moment. Stop for a moment. Before we can get into who are you, you got to look at who he is. He is the blessed one. Regardless of the circumstances we're going through, y'all. Regardless of what other people are saying about us, y'all. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is blessed. In other words, Paul says, stop, and I want you to think about who God is. He's talking about God the Father here. Who God is now, we know who Jesus is. Greater love has no man than this, than one would lay down his life for a brother, John 15. We know that. We know what Jesus did. He went to the cross and he died for our sins. And so we, we praise Jesus. We look to Jesus as our Savior and our, our Lord. And we even know what the Holy Spirit does in Romans chapter 8, verses, um, chapter 8, verse 4 through 26, that he prays for us, he intercedes for us. So we bless the Holy Spirit, but Sometimes we have a misconception about the Father. We believe that Jesus is mediating against, uh, between us and the Father, and that could be the furthest thing from the truth. We will see in this passage that without the Father, who is the first person of the Trinity who placed and started redemption on its course, you would have no Savior, and you would have no Holy Spirit. The Lord, the Father, he loves you. Despite what the world says, despite how your home life is, despite what your flesh is telling you, we want to look at what the Bible says of how the blessed one has loved us. And this word blessed here in this, in this verse, verse here is where we get the word eulogy. Right? And we all know what a eulogy is. At a funeral, we speak well of someone. Paul is saying here, I want you to stop. Before I get into all of these blessings, and, and in the original Greek, from verse 3 to verse 14 is one, you all may know this because you're Bible students, is one long run-on sentence of at least 202 words, okay? Paul is basically, he's so caught up in praise, he doesn't care about grammar right now. He's just like, I, I need to tell you about the Father and what he's done in redemption, and I need to tell you about the Son and what he's done in redemption, and, and I need to tell you about the Holy Spirit and what he's done in redemption to sinners who don't deserve it. You need to stop and bless the Lord. And if you have a problem with that, sometimes you got to talk to yourselves, right? And at Psalm 34, the uh, apostle, or I mean, sorry, the, the psalmist in, um, let me see, before we get to 34, 
uh, Psalm 34, uh, the psalmist says, bless the Lord. And sometimes, again, you have to, you have to talk to yourself. You have to encourage yourself um, because all the things of the world is pulling your attention away. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget none of his benefits. What are the benefits the Lord has given us? He's parting us from all of our sins, y'all. He's parting us. Think about that for one second. As we're going to look at reclaiming our identity, remember where God rescued you from. He pardoned you from all, not some, all of your iniquity. That means past, present, and future. He's pardoned you from all of your iniquity. He's crowned you, or I'm sorry, he's He's um, healed you from all your soul's diseases. He's redeemed your life from the pit. He's crowned you with loving kindness and compassion. Verse 5, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth may be renewed like the eagle. And and that was was Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. And then Psalm 34, verses 1 through 3. You have to encourage yourself. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and exalt his name together, verse Verse 8, because you've tasted and you've seen that God is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So Paul is saying, the blessed one. Whether we praise him or not, y'all, he's worthy to be praised. Even though God here within themselves, they shout amongst themselves. He's that glorious. But nothing but goodness flows from this blessed one. Blessed be the God and Father. As Paul is sitting there writing, and he realizes and, and reflects on his life, he says, I just want to stop. It's almost like in the Psalms where you hear the word um, selah, which means to stop and to ponder about the goodness of God. And Paul says, "Just I want to stop and just bless him because nothing but blessings flow from him. When we have physical needs, Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. When you have a, emotional needs, uh, uh, Isaiah 41, 10 says, fear not. Why? For I am with you. Be not dismayed. Why? For I am your God. I will, I will, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Why? Verse 9, I have chosen you and not rejected you. This is who the Father is. And everything in between, nothing but blessings flow. Everything in between, Ephesians, I mean, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men why the Lord is at hand. He is near. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I I love that. I love that, that verse there. He says that don't be anxious, but pray about everything, and the peace of God 
The peace of God, which is a gift from the Father, one of your spiritual blessings, will guard your heart and your mind. And I, I love the imagery when I'm going through. I, 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 I visualize the Lord setting up his host around my thoughts. Your, your, your heart and your mind, that means the things that I think about that are not real and not true and not right, that the Lord sets his peace around my heart. He guards me. He keeps me. And my, my, my heart, that's my emotions. He keeps me from leaning to my own emotions, y'all. My heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Now, in our passage and in the scriptures that I'm reading to you, there is a phrase that is con- completely and always mentioned here. It's in Christ Jesus. That is our identity, ladies. Listen. Listen again, the Lord in his marvelous grace, when Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, your identity, who we are, who we are, um, is only in Christ Jesus. Now, the concept of Father uh, it's very hard for some of us to to hold on to, like I said before. And for myself, uh, I'm just uh, overwhelmed that the father would call me child, that he chose me to be his own child. But it was very difficult. I, When the Lord saved me, it was no problem for me to see him as the exalted king and the everlasting father and the shepherd over my soul and the, the glorious great I am that I my that I, that I am. It, it was very easy for me to see that as I went into God's word and I, I started to see his glory unfold. It was very easy for me to grab a hold to that. But when it came to seeing God as my father, it was very difficult for me. Now, some of you may have good relationships with your fathers, and that's a blessing. That's a gift from God. And some of you all may have had bad experiences with your father, either him not being present or being abusive, abusive or being emotionally separated from you, whatever the case. The Lord wants to show us that there is a father that never changes, a heavenly father. And he encouraged my heart with this. This is the reason why I love the Lord so much. Because, of course, as Romans chapter 5, 5 says, he poured his love within me through the Holy Spirit. That's why I love him. He saved me. That's why I love him. But the intimacy, the reason why my intimacy is so rich and, and I cling hold to the Lord is because he was that father that I never had. He was a father to the fatherless in my situation and the Lord in his sovereign wisdom who saw my life before it was even formed or created. He saw me and he already chose to have a relationship with me despite me in the midst of everything that I was go- I'm, I've gone through. But the Lord in his wisdom ordained allowed, whatever you want to say, he ordained allowed, he's sovereign, he's in control of all things. Nothing happens in his universe without his, his permit on it, right? So the Lord allowed for me to be born to a, a mother of 16 years old, and my father was um, absent in my life, but I would see him occasionally. And I remember seeing my dad, and oh my goodness, he was so handsome and so strong, and he was so funny, and everybody loved, everyone loved him. And I remember as a young girl, I would sit there and I would look at my dad, and, and I, would, I would think to myself, 
There's nothing on this earth that I want more than for him to love me. There's nothing on this earth that I want more than my daddy to love me. And, and so any opportunity that I got, whenever I would be able to see him, I would let him know that as I grew, that, that I was a cheerleader now, dad, and, and that I played an instrument, uh, a musical instrument, dad, and, and, and I was in talent shows, dad, and I was a class president, and, and, and I was a prom queen, and I was this, and I was that, and I was this, and I was that, and I was trying so hard. I was trying so hard to make him want me. My my identity was trying to make him. I was an overachiever. I wanted him to. I wanted. I didn't want to get. I didn't want to get pregnant before I graduated from 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 high school or or college because I thought, well, maybe that will make him proud of me. Maybe that will make him love me. And I wanted him to say, "Oh, baby girl, you're so you're so pretty," or "Oh, baby girl, you're so smart," or "Oh, no matter what, baby girl, I I love you." I wanted him to take me into his arms and and tell me that. But nothing that I did, nothing that I did worked. He did not want to be a part of my life. God is sovereign over all things, ladies. This is no pity party story because I have a future. But I'm telling you how I got to the point that I'm at now where I can bless the Lord at all times. And as Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord. He's my Father. That's who I am. He has made me by his grace a follow, follower of him, despite my background. Your background may affect you, ladies, but it does not dictate and control your destiny. It does not. Because when I, and I was still in my sin, y'all, I was in my sin when I was going through all of that, and, and I grew even more in my sin. Because I didn't have my father's love, I, I, because I was in my depravity, it led me down a road of darkness, y'all. And in my mind, I thought, well, if I can't get it from my daddy, I'm going to get it from somebody. I'm going to get an affirmation, and I'm going to get the love from somebody, somebody. That's what depravity will do. It will, leave you, it will lead you down darker, darker paths to destroy you. We do know that the devil seeks to devour us, right? And that thing is real, y'all. And so, but again, I'm telling y'all the big picture, this, this love story about my God and what he did. But it's ugly at the beginning, y'all. You have to embrace the ugliness, y'all. You have to embrace the ugliness. Because the Lord told us in Genesis 3, when, when our four parents, four, 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 was it four parents? Well, y'all know what I mean. It's a little jet lag, y'all, but it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Woo! I will bless the Lord at all times. Hey! How about that? So the Lord has already told us that because of the fall, in this life you're going to have tribulation, right? So again, it is unwise for us, y'all. Everybody in this room got a story. Everybody in this room got a story. Everybody in this room got a story. However, those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you all got a new story. 
And the thing is, is that we need to start living in a new story, y'all. And stop giving the devil place in our life by resting. And, and, and it's one thing to remember your past so that you can see God's glory and what he's done for you and how good he's been towards you. That's one thing. But it's a whole other thing to go down that pity party road and sit there and, and forget who you are. Forget who you are. Everything you're going through right now, you could be going through it without Jesus. Okay? So we're all doing better than what we deserve. God indeed is blessed. So as you think about the fact that God, he's the, he's the, he's the God who, who's holy and he's righteous. And it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, listen. This is so profound. We can't get into all of it. This is so amazing. Paul is basically saying, if it was not for the Father, being the Father, the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you would have no hope. I would have no hope. Paul is saying, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And Paul just wants to remind us that, listen again, that the only reason why Jesus Christ came down and died on the cross is because God is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this verse here, uh, John 10, 17 through 18. Listen to this. It's so simple, but sometimes I know for myself, I can pass this over. John chapter 10, verses 17 through 18 says this. Jesus is here right before he's about to go to the cross, and he's a good shepherd in this section, verse 17. For this reason, Jesus says, for this reason, the Father loves me. Why, Jesus? Because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. Verse 18. No one takes my life from me, but I lay down my life on my own initiative, and I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it back up again. But this is the key jewel in this verse, y'all. This commandment I have received from my Father. What commandment, Jesus? That I lay my life down for the sheep. Basically what Paul is saying, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in every spiritual, uh, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Paul is basically saying this, y'all, that the Father if the Father never gave Jesus the command, if the Father never gave Jesus the command to come down from glory, listen, get off that throne in Isaiah chapter 6. Get off that throne full of glories. He's got the angels, holy, 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 praising them, the seraphims, and they're covering their eyes and covering their feet, and they're serving him, and Isaiah's seeing all this, and he almost y'all seeing the glory of God that was the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ Jesus Christ wouldn't have never got off that throne never got off that throne and came down and allowed himself to be in the womb of a virgin and allow himself to be born and allow himself to be mocked and scourged and betrayed and rejected by men he would have never done that if right here this commandment I received from my father. 
God the Father, y'all, like I said, we look at Jesus, and that's a wonderful thing. We ought to bless our Savior. But our Savior wouldn't have never came down to be our Savior if the Father didn't love you. Listen, y'all, this is what you got to preach to yourself no matter what you're going through. When your kids, you've poured into your babies since they've been babies, and you've prayed over your babies, and you've asked, Lord, you, you talk back to God, you, you, you remind him of his word that he's given to you, that every good and perfect gift comes from you, Lord. That, Lord, you're the one that opens up the womb, Lord God. And so you allowed me to carry this baby for nine whole months, Lord God. And you allowed me to be able to give birth to this baby, Lord. And now, this baby that I have prayed over and I've taken to Sunday school and I've uh, allowed them to memorize or helped them to memorize scripture verses and they have completely turned their backs on truth. They've turned their backs on on you. They've turned their backs on me, Lord, and I gave birth to them. What is this? What's going on, Lord? If you don't know God's word, you will sink in a pit that you cannot get out of. You have to understand God is working all things together for our good. And what is that all things? He's conforming us to the image of his precious son. Everything in the midst of what God is doing from salvation to glorification is all for the purpose of conforming us into the image of his son. That means even trials, y'all. Even disappointments, y'all. And I love, I love the reality that someone told me when I was talking, when I was dealing with my children and they were encouraging my heart. And they told me, they said, listen, you keep on praying. The Lord ain't done. Their story ain't over until they leave this earth. You keep on trusting God. In other words, you can't put God on your timeline. Because not only is the Lord doing something in their lives, he's doing something in your lives. Are you trusting him? Even with what's precious to you, like Abraham with Isaac when they were going up and marching up that Mount Moriah. And, 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 and listen, Abraham was waiting for so long for this, this blessed child, this beloved child. And then the Lord tells him, you sacrificed this child. Do you really love me? Do you? Do you we, I said a covenant with you in chapter 15 of Genesis and chapter 17 of Genesis, but, but, but I know all things, but I want to show you where your heart is. Do you really love me? Do you really trust me? And that's what the Lord is doing in our own lives, y'all. He's asking us, do you, do you really trust me? It's so easy to get up on Sunday morning or come to women's class and we bless and we, we praise the Lord. Oh, God is good and wonderful Savior and I surrender all. I surrender all. And the Lord will test that. He will test that. But the beautiful thing about it is, y'all, listen, listen to me. When the Lord tests you, it's not to crush you. Hear me again. Hear me again. Because God is your Father. If you're saved in here, this blessed truth is only for those who are redeemed. That's who we are. We're reclaiming our identity, and this identity is not something that we could earn or something we got for ourselves. It was a gift that came down to us. So the reality of it is, is that God is our Father. You got, listen, theoretically, listen, we, we read it, 
But I want you to, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta fight to feel it and believe it, y'all. That even when he chastised you, he disciplines you out of love. He's not a father who will discipline you in his anger because Jesus drank that anger. He drank that raft. So when the Lord sees you, he sees you clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the perfect lamb of God. And, and, and as John 17 says that when Jesus says, just as you've loved me, Father, you've also loved them, Father. And, and Jesus wants us to understand that. And we need to fight for that, y'all, that the Father loves us. Verse 4 says this, that just as he's blessed us, he's the blessed one. And he blessed us because he's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are some of these blessings? Think about it, y'all. He just as he chose us, verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. Just as, just as he chose me. Now listen, the reality of election is in the Bible, y'all. But it's not a, a discussion or a theological term that should be debated among Christians and, and cause debates and discord within the body of Christ because we don't know who the elect are. We don't know. So that why, that's why Jesus says we need to go out to all men and preach the gospel to all men, right? But the reality of it is, and it's a comforting truth of the word of God, that the Father chose you before the foundation of the world. What does that mean, y'all? That means before you did anything, anything, Good or bad? Ain't no good in it, so bad. <laughs> God chose you. That's an encouraging doctrine, the election of the believer, is that the Lord who sees all things, he's all-seeing, he's all-knowing, he sees the beginning to the end. So when I think about the fact of God being my father and I'm, being, I'm his child, the fact that God chose me, he saw everything about me, y'all, things that y'all will never see and things that you will never know, thank the Lord. You will never know. There's even things about ourselves we know that, 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 that we don't even know about ourselves, right? God is so gracious. I know when the Lord first saved me, the Lord didn't reveal to me just how wicked and evil and nasty I really was. It's almost like when the Lord saved me, he put blinders on my mind, y'all, because he knows that I was but dust, and I could not handle it, y'all. And so he, he, he shielded some of my past from me. And, and, and what I realized as I grew more in his word and was strengthened by his grace, he began to peel back the layers and slowly show me all of what he saw when he chose me. And that, what it, what it, what it, what's, what it's to do, y'all, is to cause us, as Paul says, blessed be the God. Blessed. It's not to cause you to be, whoa, I can't believe how, how evil I used to be. I can't, why didn't God save me beforehand? Listen, y'all. Listen. And God's sovereign, de sovereign decree, and it is appointed time he chose. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew if he saved you when you were uh, in Sunday school class, or for me, he allowed me to kind of walk a little bit in the world, y'all, and expose my things, myself to things that I still have scars of today. For his glory! For his glory! 
trust in his providence, trust in his design for things. So he chose you. And I love what he says. He chose you to himself, y'all. Oh, this is so encouraging that, that, that God chose us before the foundation of the world. And into himself means he, he wanted us to bring, he wanted to bring us in close contact into his bosom, y'all. God doesn't want to keep you at arm's length. The reason why you ask yourself, Lord, I don't feel your presence, and Lord, I, I don't, are you here? I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel, I don't feel like you're, I don't feel, Lord. The Lord has never moved. The Lord's never moved. It's, 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 it's me. It's, it's me. I'm not clinging to the rock, uh, but, but, but it's me. God is faithful. He's immutable, unchanging. He cannot change. And because I'm in Christ, he cannot deny me. He cannot deny himself, right? So he chose me before the foundation of the world. And I love this part, to be holy and blameless before him in love. That means, y'all, when he chose me, he saw that I was just the opposite of holy and blameless. I was just the opposite. There was nothing good in me. And again, some of us, especially those who've been raised in a Christian home and in church all their all our lives, you can deceive yourself. And and you can you, you even though we know theology, we can look down on those people out there in the world, y'all. We can look whether it be uh, uh, people out in our government realize if it were not for the grace of God, there you go. Just, it depends if you see people walking down the street and they, I can't believe they ain't going to church on Sunday. Look at me, I'm in my car. I'm going to worship Jesus. If it was not for the grace of God, you would not be in your car going to worship Jesus. So it's to keep us humble, y'all. Sometimes we got to go back and remember that God chose you when you were the opposite of holy and, and blameless. To himself. The encouraging part about that too is that if he chose me when he saw all the evil and the wickedness in me, when he chose me, what now, what now can separate me from his love, which is bound up in Christ Jesus, my Lord? What can separate me? In other words, what can cause God? What can God cause God to divorce me? Romans 8. What can God cause God to depart himself away from me? What, 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 listen, amen, nothing. <laughs> you know why? Because if he gave you his only begotten was your soul being saved. That was your greatest need. Your soul be I gave you, Thena. I, we, when I'm, Lord, do you love me? Lord, why are you allowing me to go through this? Lord, my children, Lord, I prayed over them and I poured into them. Lord, these women in the church, I've, I, you saw I've, I've, I've discipled and I've poured time in and I've given my resources. With, and why are they betraying me? Why are they talking about behind my back? And why, Lord? I was at the hospital with them, Lord Jesus. And I was, I was marriage counseling with them, Lord. And when they were going through, I was up in the middle of the night talking with them and praying for them, Lord God. Why are they doing this to me? Why, why am I going through this? Why, why am I going through this? We can, we can get into that pity party thing again if you forget. If you forget that there's a sovereign king 
on the throne and everything from salvation to glorification is all for the purpose of us to bless him so we can see his glory in redemption because that's who you are. You're going to make it to the end. We're going to make it to the end. We're going to make it to the end. But the, the, the reality of it is, is that, as James says, he's testing our faith, y'all. He's purifying us. He, if, if, I'm going to tell you right now, I know, I, I know that if my life was easy, the Lord saved me out of the world. The Lord saved me out of the world. And then he, he saved me and he gave me a, a, a husband. And that husband becomes a, a pastor. And I'm become a pastor's wife? What? And, 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 and I, I didn't want any kids. I didn't want to get married. I didn't want to have no kids. I definitely want to stay at home, honey. I was, it was all about me. I'm a woman. I don't need no man. But this is, a, this is, a, this is what the, the, the gospel redemption does. It changes you, right? It, it changes you. And, and so, so now I, I'm a, I got a husband and I got four kids. I got four kids. Y'all, four kids. And I'm a pastor's wife. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed me with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose me in him before the foundation of the world, that I should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined me, y'all, to be a daughter. The Lord could have destined me to be a slave, a servant. But he predestined, he determined, he set fixed in time. He set fixed that I would not be a servant. That's all I deserve. Just like the prodigal son realized when he went back, he came to his senses after he didn't, he didn't spent up everything. He came back to his senses, y'all. He said, I'm going to my daddy's house. And what I'm going to say is this. I don't deserve to even be a servant in your house. But I'm hungry. I know I didn't sin against you and heaven and everything. That's the, we all were prodigals. I was a prodigal. And the beautiful thing about it is that when I come before the Lord and I see his grace in my life and my sinfulness and my depravity, uh, some days I'm like, Lord, I cannot believe you love me. I can't believe I am your child. I can't believe you forgive me day after day after day. I can't believe that you cover me with your grace, that you don't, you don't deal with me according to my sins. Or I'm just overwhelmed. I, just, I, I would be just happy being a servant. But the Lord said, I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be satisfied with you just being a servant. Y'all, if you understand the doctrine of God's love, the Father's love, God, God who needs nothing outside of himself, he's self-sufficient. He was just happy all by himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They didn't need none of us, y'all. But God chose us. And why did he chose us? It's a, it's a, the gospel is God-centered, not man-centered. It wasn't for us to have all, all of our needs, man, and all of our desires. He chose us according to his kind intentions to the praise of the glory of his grace to the praise of the glory of his grace and Paul understood that when Paul in, in first uh, Corinthians chapter 15 he says basically I am what I am he says listen I I, I was snatched out as one uh, as premature in other words that Jesus 
had time with the disciples, all of the disciples, and showed himself, and he had three years with them. And then even after Jesus resurrected and was on the, 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 the earth again for 40 days, he showed himself to over 500 folks. And I didn't see none of that. I didn't see none of that. I didn't see, all I was doing, as, as Timothy said, I was persecuting and blaspheming God and persecuting this church. That's all I was doing. That's all I was doing. But as one timely saved, as, before like, almost premature, I was walking down a road about to kill some more of Christians about to kill some more of God's people and, and then it was a, a blinding light and, and, and from heaven the, the Lord spoke and said Paul, Saul why are you persecuting me, Saul and God didn't leave him there but then the story goes on is that the Lord chose him, saved him and chose him to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And Paul is just sitting here in wonder. That's why he's sitting here. He's just like, listen, I, 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 I am what I am. I, I'm, not, I, I'm the foremost of sinners. I, 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 I'm the least of the apostles. I, I'm a least of, the, of saints. But at the end of the day, I realize who I am. And that keeps me humble. But then I also realize the redemption and the grace of God. I am what I am in Christ Jesus, lady. I want you to remember, if nothing else, The Father's love for us, who we are, who we are is because of his sovereign decree and his wisdom and all for his glory, to the praise of the glory of his grace. He lavished you. He lavished you with his love. He brought us in so that we can one day experience when we get to glory. Because in Romans chapter 8, he says he called, he predestined, he justified, but he also, past tense, glorified. In the mind of God, you're already glorified. In other words, you're going to make it to the end. Today, for us, we have to reclaim who we are in Jesus Christ and walk out who God has made us to be in Christ for the praise of the glory of his grace, despite everything we go through. Amen, y'all. Amen. Let's pray.